Well, Ulysses, a little bit of a different topic and or topics on today's episode. This is something we haven't really had a chance to discuss, but figured why not on a random Tuesday here, rules changes that'll be implemented in 2023. And should the Rays open up the upper deck of the Tropicana Field, of Tropicana Field down the stretch of the season and possibly into the playoffs? This is going to ruffle, uh, ruffle or Russell, ruffle some feathers. Is it yeah. Russell or ruffle? It's ruffle, but I like Russell as well. Let's Russell Wilson some feathers. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do both. You are locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Well, as we mentioned in the open, rules changes that will be coming to baseball, to the major leagues, I should say, in 2023, bigger bases, banding the shift, and pitch clock. And I want to, Ulysses, get your take on these one by one um, before we move on to uh, the Tropicana Field discussion of maybe opening the upper deck. Uh, Bigger bases. And And I've got a couple bullet points on uh, some context of these rules changes coming to Major League Baseball in 2023. Bigger bases, the bases will increase in size from 15 inches squared to 18 inches squared. Thoughts? I uh, I like it. I like okay. it. Why not? Why not? Because I, how many how many times do we see the super slow mo just being so close? Right, right? and you're like, oh, did he? Those three inches might yeah. cut off some of those close, close calls, and that should increase people trying to steal, make it a little bit more of a dynamic game, yes. hopefully. So, yes, I'm in. I like it. And by the way, I'm I don't think anybody has three inches like so perfectly yeah. on their television set that they're going to like, oh, those look so huge. Like, nah, you're going to see yeah. them the, on opening day, and you're like – Oh, those look kind of funky. And then by the first week, at, by the first week at the end of it, you're going to be like, oh, "Oh, I completely forgot about it." Yeah, it's going to be fine. No, I'm I'm cool with that. If it brings on more action and more, just more activity on the base pass, I'm all for that. Seeing the stolen base, guys taking the extra base, it's uh, one of the more fun plays you'll see in baseball. And if you're an agent out there, uh, you should work in some stolen base incentives. Uh, into your respective player's contract because this might create an opportunity. If you thought Randy was running a lot as it is, he might be running a lot more in 2023. And he might be safe a lot more in 2023 as well. I mean, you just look at the I mean just look at the impact with with race players. Jose Siri, um yeah, I think yeah. he's going to increase his numbers. Mar- Manuel Margot, yeah, increase his numbers. Randy Rosarena, yeah. He's going to increase yeah. his numbers. Like all around, it's going to be so much easier for these fast, fast guys to do that. Now, for the not so fast guys, 
that could potentially that those three inches could potentially be Yandy Diaz being out, Jonathan Aranda being out, to them possibly yeah. being safe. Now, I I I dig it. Yeah. Uh, so we're in agreement on that one. And again, this is probably the race forward thinking a little bit. If you look at their minor league system, the amount of athletes and base stealers and guys just with pure flat out speed, they probably this had been something that had been talked about for a while uh, now, and I think was implemented in portions of the minor leagues as well. So it was only a matter of time with that. Uh, banning the shift. Um, some context here. All four infielders must have both feet entirely on the infield dirt when the pitcher is on the rubber. Two infielders must be entirely on either side of second base and failure to comply with the above two will result in an automatic ball. Mm, I don't like it. Okay. I don't like it because... Not a fan. Not a fan. I mean, you're you're trying to make the game more dynamic. You're trying to, uh, you know, speed the pace with other rules and all that. And you're just going to have guys like Joey Gallo be relevant again. Like, just one-dimensional yeah. players are just going to, like, breathe a sigh of relief and go, Oh, God, thank the Lord. I can keep pulling the ball. I can just keep selling out for power. And then that doesn't make the game more dynamic. And yeah. so even if you were to tell me, hey, Ulysses, the ball is still going to be dead. These guys, That's going to promote people to not sell out for the home run. Do you actually believe that the Joey Gallows of the world are going to be like, well, the ball is dead. I can I can obviously not I st- stop pulling for power now and try to do something. No, they're not. They're still going to do the same thing. They're going to do the yeah. same thing. So uh, I don't like it. It's, you know. Ted Williams used to get shifted. Antonio Tony yeah. Arm in the seventies got shifted. Like you're now, I don't know. I don't like it. I'm not. It's a it. tough. It's a tough balance because baseball wants to speed up the game, but they also want to bring in more action and offense. And it's hard to bring in more action and offense and make games shorter. Nine to six games are naturally going to be longer than two one three two games. So that's sort of what they're trying to figure out now, what I don't entirely hate this rule as much as I thought, because I got to thinking um, there's nothing that says the outfielders can't be shifted or moved around if need be. So you've got a lefty pool, heavy hitter like Joey Gallo. Who's to say, we're just going to leave that, that uh, left side of the outfield wide open and bring it, you know, basically shift all three outfielders or, or, two outfielders completely to that other side to that right side and, and still make them make a, make a hit. What you, you, what you could do is exactly like, let's say it's next year, David Peralta, he comes back, whatever people I'm just using the names for, for, for this year, David Peralta. He's he's making, he can, Hey, he's, he's made an impressive showing for the Rays despite the lack of power. And he can, he can feel in left yes. field um, at 35 yes, years old, making plays at the wall, making plays in foul territory. He can still move it. Thank anyway. you. Uh, so David Peralta's left, Siri, uh, Siri in, in center, and, and Randy in right. I mean, what? What's you're right. What? What's not to say that maybe Taylor Wall, uh, Wander Franco. Whoops. Well, that's that's a that's a Freudian yeah. slip. Uh, Wander Franco is playing really tight 
next to the bag because Joey Gallo is at, at bat into the second base, but he's still on the left side. Yandy Diaz at third base. He's playing like shortstop. Okay. Yeah. That's still legal. And their feet are, are on the dirt. Brennan Lau at second base is kind of shifted. Let's say, what would you put him at? I think it would be best to maybe hug him around the uh, the second base side. And then you got you got David Peralta kind of playing short right right field. Yeah. That could be kind of a shift, and it would be a legal shift. You create a quasi-rover there. Also, the other thing that I've heard, and I guess uh, may have to be considered or discussed, is as the pitcher is delivering the ball, can an infielder run to a certain spot? Yeah. Make a mad I mean, dash that's the, and take that risk? I mean, that's why you have athletic guys, and that's why you've been drafting athletic guys if you're the Rays, right? You, yeah. you, you want that. I mean, so – You've got a guy like Wander, like, okay, as soon as the ball is re- – because I think the, the rule is as, the, as soon as the ball is released, that the, they yeah. have to have their, their, their feet on the dirt. So both feet on the dirt. So as soon as that – they could be like on a sprint kind of like right. post. Like as soon as they release, I'm, a, I'm going. Yeah. I mean, that would be fun. That would be kind of fun. And right. you would see some kind of diving plays that would be – that would uh, I, yeah. I I wouldn't hate seeing that. I just hate that they had to finally succumb to doing something about the shift. Right, and uh, as far as because hey, we can't do anything about it now because it's going to be implemented in 2023. This does help and assist those defensive first players like Taylor Walls who rely on their range and versatility. So it may get those types of guys more jobs as well. Uh, we'll discuss the pitch clock because, uh, but we're, we're going to have to talk about uh, LinkedIn first because the pitch clock has a lot of bullet points that we have to get through and then uh, we'll move on from there. So uh, I mentioned LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Uh, the third point here of the pitch clock. So I see five different bullet points that I got to get through and then we'll get our analysis here. Okay. Once the ball is ready for play, the pitcher must begin his motion within 15 seconds with the bases empty in 20 seconds if there's a runner on. The batter must be in the box alert to the pitcher within eight seconds of the timer starting. If the pitcher is late, he's charged with an automatic ball. If the, uh, if the batter is late, he's charged with an automatic strike. The pitcher may disengage from the rubber, for example, step off or throw to the bases no more than twice per plate appearance. If the batter advances during the plate appearance, the disengagement counter is reset. If the pitcher steps off or throws to the bases a third time, the runner automatically advances if the pickoff attempt is unsuccessful. In order to speed up play generally, there will be a 30-second limit on both mound visits and the time between batters. One question I have is when does the timer start? Like, let's say 
Um, you you throw a pitch. Yeah. And it's a strike. Okay. Okay. Only one to count. When does the the pitch clock start? Is it when the catcher, when the umpire says strike? Is it when the ball enters the pitcher's glove to return it? Do we know? I would assume that. Uh, well, it says there's a 30 second limit on both mound visits and the time between batters. Well, that, I guess that doesn't really explain it. I would assume that once the catcher throws back, throws the ball back to the pitcher, that the pitcher needs to throw within 15 or 20 seconds, depending on whether there's bases empty or if there's a runner on. So does that mean that there's a loophole there that the catcher could hold on to the ball for another 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds? I don't thank see you anything for, th- in here about thank that. You for see- thank you for seeing where I was going. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Because if the, the rule is not specified, so that means – you know, the catcher can just kind of like drop his knees, you know, fix the mask. All right. Just do a little shoulder yeah. rug. And then, all right, here we go. Well, he's doing the pitch com, at least one right. try. And then he's like, nah, shake it off. Okay. I, I can do something else. Throws the ball back. Then, you know, gain himself some time, gain his pitcher some time. If you're a catcher and you see this loophole, why wouldn't you do it? You want to help out your pe- yeah. your pitcher. You want to help your, your staff. So this is some way that I, I could see this being kind of utilized the wrong way. I do think right. that seven seconds for a batter, and I say seven seconds because it's 15 without um, the, the, the runners on base, correct? 15 seconds? Correct. 15 seconds with the bases empty and 20 seconds if there's a runner on. And the batter must be in the box, quote, alert to the pitcher end quote, within eight seconds of the timer starting. Oh, with eight seconds. Okay, so eight seconds. So eight seconds of, of, of the timer after the timer has gone by, I think that's enough. I think that's enough yeah. time for, for, for the hitter to, to be at the box at the ready. No more. No more Garcia Parra. You know who also I've noticed kind of does take his – Jonathan Aranda. He's oh, a really? glove guy. Yeah, he's a glove, helmet, uh, chess guy and and it's odd because he's you know in triple a they're doing this so Mm. he does take his time um so again i do not disagree with making the game faster you should make the game faster it's just in the playoffs this is this is kind of like tasting and smelling kind of like the manfred runner after the ninth inning like really we're like games are going to be decided because the the pitcher stepped off a third time and it was a three-two count, like that's how the game yeah. ends. That's it's that's tough. something I would not like to see. And I guess you can't change the rules in the playoffs, can you? Just like they did with the ghost runner in the regular season, and in the playoffs, it was removed. Why not? If you're doing it, if you did it last year for the Manfred runner, yeah. why can't you do? Hey, these are only for the regular season. We still are going to have our playoff like we used to. Like yeah. I would, I would be okay with that. This is going to be a tough pill to swallow. I think it's going to be easier for the guys that have had to deal with it through the minor leagues, but the old-timers like the Justin Verlanders, the Zach Granke, the guys who've been in the big leagues for you know, four, five, ten years, whatever it may be, it's going to take some adjustment, and you've got to really understand these rules because they are kind of unwieldy and complicated. It's well, okay, when do I have 15 seconds? When do I have 20 seconds? Oh, wait, I, how many times can I throw to the bag? And then the 
What, what I do like about this is the mound visit and the time between batters. I like you really, you cut down on that. You cut down on that time. Say what you got to say, get Okay. You're it's your turn to bat, get up to the plate and start hitting you. Yeah. I, I think that's the, that's hopefully a, a solution that, you know, doesn't really affect the gameplay all that much. Um, so Kyle Snyder, you better be sprinting out to the mound. You can't be galloping and gliding and, and hip hopping and scotching around like you usually do. And, and, you know, spending, <laughs> you spend some time up on the mound. So that's and he get it. it- and and his he's a tall guy and he like yeah. takes his time to get to the mound and he yeah. then goes a little bit faster in the last three steps and you're right. like dude but you like literally just crawled your your weight there so yeah Kyle they, they should give him a moped up, and ride up there give it give him a moped just have him ride up to the mound it would it yeah. would limit the ways that uh, he almost fractured his or no he had a cramp That's or whatever right, yeah. uh, one one time um, look. Yeah, that that's going to be great to to kind of minimize that. I was thinking also maybe can becoming a little bit faster if you have like a pitch com, you know, situation yeah. with the 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 pitcher for for those meetings. Maybe that that could be in the future. But yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think the pitch clock is going to be a bad thing. I think it's just going to be something that you're going to see bloopers for the first month and a half, and then people are going to adapt. But the Pete Fairbanks for uh, 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 of of um, of the worlds where they they, yeah. they basically wear their emotions on their sleeve. Yeah, he already come out came out and said, "I bleep and hate this. I dislike yeah. it. It's a it's a game without uh, a clock, and now we're putting a clock. This is in basketball. This is in football. So already you're you're seeing pitchers being opposed to it. But obviously, if you're a race fan and you've been a race fan for a long time, everybody here knows." Who is going to be the most affected by a pitch clock? Kevin Wise, would you be able to tell these people who that pitcher would be? On the Rays? Yeah. Uh, who is so on the slow. Rays? Assuming, assuming he's, he's on the, on the Rays. Rays here. Uh, yeah. One, Ryan Timothy Yarbrough. I don't know his middle name. I know, but if it would be Timothy, it would be a great middle yeah, name for Ryan Yarbrough. Um yeah, him. My goodness, it's – I felt time pass in front of me like as if it were, you know, uh, interstellar. Like I just saw yeah. it in front of me, time as an actual tangible thing while he's pitching. It's crazy sometimes. So how are those guys going to be able yeah. to adapt rather quickly? Like you, off-season work, that's going to be with mm-hmm. a clock. S- facing guys in spring training, that's going to be with a clock. Pitchers and catchers report, you better know that there's going to be a clock. You got to get these guys in the mentality now. I would have loved if there was a pitch clock when Joel Peralta was still on the race. That would have been a sight and an exercise to see. That might have been – man, I remember his his half innings, no lie, would be like 40 minutes. It was insane. It was ridiculous. Um, Again, I've got a simple solution for speeding up the game. Seven innings. I, you know, I'm just going to keep batting the hammer mm-hmm. for that one. Seven innings during the regular season, playoffs nine innings. But <laughs> I digress from all that. Uh, all right, so we've discussed the, the rules changes. Um, it'll certainly uh, bring about a change to the game, and uh, I'm sure they'll learn some things, and there will be some good things, and I'm sure there will be some unintended consequences that come about from all this as well. All right, Ulysses, changing gears a little bit. Uh, this is a question that has been thrown about in the media of late, and we might have to get 
Foskey's take on it uh, at some point as well. But uh, as the Rays go through the end of the regular season and into the playoffs, should they open the upper deck at Tropicana Field? Uh, I can't remember the last time it was opened. It seems like it's been a while now. But is that something that needs to happen? I don't know if it needs to happen. Um, Again, the only argument that I would see for this would be because you could really get some cheap tickets there. People are saying, oh, well, you know, the Rays are so expensive in the lower bowl, ba-da-da-da. If they were to make the the tickets $10, then we would go. Well, that's a perfect place to put it at $10, right? Just those tickets. Mm -hmm. The issue with that is, well, again, it's a business people, right? So is Stu going to spend, let's say, a ridiculous, I don't know. I, I don't know how much it, it is to hire staff to clean the upper deck, hire staff for the concessions in the upper deck, uh, people to clean the, the, the bathrooms and all, like all of that maintenance and, and services that it takes to have the upper, de- upper decks, you know, working yeah how much is that how much is that money that he needs to spend and then how much is he actually getting in return for those ten dollar ticket prices and concessions like yeah. i don't i don't i wouldn't think it's a win for for Stu to do that well clearly not because they haven't been opened for some time i wonder if there could be a creative aspect though of can you just open up a portion a second uh, a section of the upper deck instead of the entire upper deck. I think that, I mean, I understand. I mean, the, according to social media, people are very, uh, very strong in their mindset that, uh, yes, the upper deck at Tropicana field should be open, but say this, say a, a ticket's only 10 bucks. You're still paying 20 bucks in parking. I mean, if anything, I feel like the rays down the stretch, if they just, cut down on the parking costs like hey we've got a september special playoffs well not playoffs because that would that would be much more expensive but september special parking we know it's a heck of a drive and trying to deal with the uh the weeknight traffic whatever it may be kids are in school parking's five dollars parking's ten dollars I, I feel like that could make more of a difference than or, or no no, I mean they they did the playoff push right for the last homestand yeah. and they did the 40% off for tickets and the and and the parking as well. So good for them for doing that. The problem is is that that's probably what it should be year round. Right. You know, Instead 10 12, I think it's $12 a uh, parking right now for that last homestand. That's a that's an okay amount of money that I think most people that go to a race game would be like, "All right, $12 for parking." All right, fine. But I mean, well, that, 20, yeah. 25 against the Yankees and Red Sox, like that's just Stu saying, yeah, I'm going to need that money now. Yeah. It's like, come on, bro. Don't, don't, be, don't be that in my face stealing money from my pocket now. It'd be one thing if um, you know, I could digest $20, $25 parking if the ease of getting at, in and out of the trop was to the point of, man, it is so convenient to park, here. right? But it's also a bear to have to deal with, which is a double whammy from that yeah. perspective. So, and honestly, I think it goes back to so parking's twelve dollars right now. I believe so. I, I did not know about that. What that should be blasted on a billboard somewhere. 
That should be mass emailed and mass texted. I think it's that that you know the playoff push, the forty percent off tickets, and 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 then I think it's yeah, that's that's the deal. Like it's also instead of twenty dollars, it's twelve dollars yeah. to park. So yeah, I mean they're doing it and they're doing a good thing right now. And if and if you're willing to play pay twelve dollars and forty percent off tickets, hey, go support the race. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good for them. But I don't know the upper upper deck thing. Like I I, I agree with you. Like okay, maybe not keep the whole thing open because that's ridiculous. Right. But maybe just tell people we are going to have one concession one set of bathrooms and like three the 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 three or four sections closest to home plate in the 300s yeah that's it oh you actually want food well i guess you're gonna miss the game and go to the grand bowl because at least you pay ten dollars to get in so if you actually yeah. want concessions you got to go down and i think people would make that trade-off kevin i think people yeah. would be like huh ten dollars to, to ticket i just have to go downstairs if i really want to get something to eat all right, I'll do that. I don't think they're going to be like super Karens about this and be like, wow, I pay $10 for my ticket. I have no concessions here. Like, I don't think that's where race fans would go. But you know what? It's 2022. Yeah. Everybody complains about everything. Alternatively, um, I would want the upper deck, a portion of the upper deck to be open so I can pay a piddling amount for a ticket and just, you know, second, third, fourth inning move down to the lower bowl. That, that's my move right there. Nobody, well, there you nobody go. really checks anymore. So uh, just getting some comments here on uh, whether the Rays should open the upper deck at Tropicana Field. Ty McCann says, with the amount of people I see complaining about seat prices, I say, sure, make them $10 tickets and $5 kids tickets. That'll make people happy. Hmm. Uh, Peter Glasgow says, why? The place isn't nearly full as it is. Um, H town wow, wheelhouse, uh, our buddy from, uh, locked on Astros, uh, funny here. Uh, yes. So more Astros fans can go to the game to attend playoff games when we square off. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, grand solar minimum says, uh, the bums that sit in the upper deck don't justify the cost of opening the concessions, the bathrooms <laughs> or providing security. Stu needs to be profitable in order to run the team. I think that's being uh, tongue in cheek as far as, uh, Stu. I mean, profit I, is is that Stu's burner? Possibly. Have we found it? I think we may have found it in uh, Grand Solar Minimum. So That's there great. we go. Uh, something tells me that despite uh, people commenting on social media and despite the Tampa Bay Times writing about it, the upper deck will uh, probably not be open. But no. I could be wrong. So. Uh, all right. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your very first to listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you on Wednesday with a mailbag episode.